0: All right, folks, it's the Buckeye Daily Blitz. I'm Tito, Jeff Thetall. Thanks so much for tuning in. Follow me on the X at That Happens. Go to Uh Also download the app. It's for free. Apple and Android users. Uh, the Fanstream Sports app. Go check it out. we got round-the-clock programming. So many great programings, programs. We're adding great programming every week um a lot of new hosts coming in new shows all across the country so make sure you go check it out again follow me on the x at it happens let's dive into the buckeye blitz ohio state took on merrimack last night in men's basketball uh the buckeyes got a 76 to 52 win it was a game that was uh closer uh longer than it should have been but um the ohio state pulled away eventually but uh it was just like three minutes into the second half the score was 35 31 buckeyes and then it was 49 to 43 with less than nine and a half minutes left in the game before Ohio State went on a 16-0 run, and that eventually ballooned into a 24-3 run, is what it ended up being, that put the game away. Uh, Rodney Yale Jr. got going early, led the way for Ohio State. After struggling the first couple of games of the shot, uh, he scored 20 points as the Buckeyes improved to 2-1 on the season. Uh, Jameson Battle added 13. Uh, Zed Key... Uh, Had a double-double, 11 points and 12 rebounds off the bench. 12 players got into the game for Ohio State, so that's cool to see that, see some of the younger guys get in, guys that don't get to play very much. Um, The Buckeyes out-rebounded the Warriors 42-25, to and they forced 19 turnovers onto Merrimack. So, interesting game. It was um, a game of adjustments for Ohio State. Uh, Other than Gale, they did struggle early offensively with the Merrimack zone defense, and uh, head coach Chris Holtman talked about that extensively going into the game. And really in the preseason, he talked about it, how his first few opponents, they all had differing styles of defense. We talked about A&M having this tremendous man-to-man defense where they switch and they do very well, positionless um, a lot of the times for A&M. Merrimack, though, plays a zone defense, which not a lot of teams employ that much anymore, but you will go up against it sometimes. And Ohio State got the experience last night. Like I said, they struggled early trying to figure out how to get the open shots and attack the zone. And once they figured that out, uh, all they needed them was some confidence shooting, and that was really the difference. And you saw them; they got a lot more confident as the game went on, taking the shots from the outside. Jameson Battle, I love. He took one that was a heat check that was pretty deep that he probably shook up, but nonetheless, uh, he seemed confident out there shooting. I love what he was doing, taking the ball of the rack. Battle seems to get more and more comfortable in this offense. Zed Key looks great; uh, a great spark off the bench is what he's been. Uh, they've been starting Theo Sakpara and uh he's done well but zed coming off the bench zed looks like even better shape than he was last year and um moves so much better than he did even just a couple years ago with this ohio state team a lot more agile under the hoop um, a lot quicker uh, that first step is a lot quicker for him, and uh, I just love Zed Key's game. I, I know the announcers kind of went overboard a little bit talking about next level for Zed Key as far as playing at the next level and whatnot, but I don't necessarily see that. I think he's a really good player though for Ohio State. He works his butt off, and he plays a great role for the Buckeyes. Uh, Baylor transfer uh, Dale Bonner, who came over uh, Baylor from Baylor last year, he played 17 minutes. He was five points, five rebounds, two assists, and. He's a good defender i like the energy he brought to the game when he when he jumped in and um it was fun to watch that so just it, this ohio state team holtman's still trying to figure out exactly how to use the minutes how to rotate everyone around but it was a good win last night i know 76 to 52 24 point win covered the spread if you're interested but um i think was 21 and a half so i think they did cover but nonetheless the last half of the game, the last half of the last half, let's put it that way, the last 10 minutes of the game, Ohio State imposed their will and got the victory. Next up for Ohio State, they've got Western Michigan on Sunday. Again, the Buckeyes go into that game 2-1 uh, and one overall on the season. The Ohio State women host Boston College tonight, so uh, we'll get an update on that as the uh, as the the, uh, the Buckeyes uh, look. Today. Boston College is not; it's it's a look. It's a Power Five team. They will present a bit of a struggle for Ohio State. Maybe early on, I think Ohio State should end up with a rather easy victory when it's all said and done. Now it's time for a daily dose of ridiculous Harbaugh family news. Um, you know, John Harbaugh has pretty much stayed out of the. The talk about his brother Jim, John Harbaugh, of of course, the respected coach of the Ravens. And me as a Steelers fan, I've always respected John John Harbaugh what he's done. He seemed to me like the the normal brother among the two but him and Jim. Jim is so far uh, far off that I I always thought that John was like the more mature, level-headed one. But John Harbaugh said something this week that made me think otherwise. Here's the quote, talking about his brother. John said, his phones... His computers and all that stuff have been looked at, and he's come through this thing with flying colors. I don't know what they're trying to get, but they don't have anything of substance, and I think I'm just proud of him. I think it's a real compliment to our family and to him, something for us to be proud of. You kind of get into this situation, I'm sorry, you kind of in this kind of a situation where you come under fire for whatever reasons, and you come out in a really good place doing the right thing. All the time, and I'm really proud of that. He's a great man. He's a great coach. His players love him. His coaches love him, and he stands through all this. John Harbaugh is wrong uh to say that he to say that he is doing the right thing all the time. He's suspended for a second time this season. How can you do the right thing all the time if you're suspended twice? Now, if you want to defend him on this one, if you want to say, "Oh, there's no proof that," okay, fine. Defend him on this one. He got suspended earlier this year by the school. For something he did three games if you do the right thing all the time you don't get suspended for three games and you sure as hell don't get suspended twice john harbaugh i don't look i'm telling you i thought the guy i (laughs) to say that that jim harbaugh does the right thing all the time is insane that is crazy to say that and look you're gonna all this is going to come out, okay? It's going to happen. You'll see what, what kind of trouble Michigan gets and what kind of trouble Harbaugh gets into, in addition to the hot water he's already in, being suspended by the Big Ten, suspended in the nearby your school. You do not do the right thing all the time if you get suspended twice in the same season, let alone once. If you get suspended once for doing something, that means you're not doing the right thing all the time. All right. Offensive coordinator, Sharon Moore, uh, Sharon Moore the interim head coach and um while harbaugh is being suspended and if they're having there's a, a hearing coming up on friday we'll see if harbaugh's allowed the sideline against maryland but let's just say he's not saturday could be the 1000th victory in michigan football history and there's all kinds of talk about michigan people wanting harbaugh on the sideline how it's wrong he shouldn't be there he can't be there for the thousandth victory um honestly it, I, I, th- I think this will be a there will be another 1,000th victory coming up later on after Harbaugh's gone because I think there's some wins will get vacated through all this. So everyone's upset about it. Uh, Moore said, I definitely want Coach to be the coach when that happens. Um, I would say to me and everybody else that this would be his win. It wouldn't count as mine. He's said coach's football team. I'm just standing there to make sure we don't mess it up. Look, I don't think it's going to be the 1,000th victory. It might be for Saturday. Saturday, it might say, okay, 1,000th victory, big deal, rah, rah, rah. Wins are going to get vacated. I believe. I think there'll be another chance for a thousandth victory somewhere else down the line. But like I said, I think Harbaugh will be gone when that happens. All right. Ryan Day had no update this week. We'll switch gears. Uh, a huge switch. Go to Ohio State. Uh, on the status of um, he didn't give any kind of update on uh, Mike Hall, Michael Hall Jr., the defensive tackle. He uh, did not play much against Michigan State. I think only played a couple of series and then left the game with an injury. But he didn't say anything else about it. The, they didn't address it all. We're not sure if Hall will be um, available for Minnesota or not. still waiting to hear word on that. Wouldn't surprise me if he's not. I, look, in a lot of cases, I would hold these guys out, if you can, to get ready for the game against Michigan. You want them to be healthy there. I don't want to see anybody get hurt in a blowout win over Minnesota, which I expect it to be. Uh, Ryan Day though did say and I talked about this before that um, he thinks that Josh Proctor and Tommy Eichenberg both trending in the right direction, they could probably both be available this week against Minnesota, but not sure if or how much they will play if they do end up making um, an appearance. Latham ransom. he's still out. Um, and he could return later this year is how Ryan Day put it. He called it a long-term injury said he could come back later this year um, if but I don't expect him to play against Minnesota or Michigan, which is too bad. But um, Devin Brown, he may be back this week. It'll be interesting to see if he is used early near the goal line while the game is still in question. I guess I would put it, or like he did against Purdue, and Penn State, where he went in there and some of the goal line packages. Or if they will just if it gets a blowout situation, he'd be the guy who comes in to replace McCord and he gets more of a you know a, um, work from all over the field versus just from the goal line. So we'll keep an eye on that. One of the players Ryan Day mentioned in his press conference was Xavier Johnson. He's the Block O uh, player this year for Ohio State. I've had a chance to meet him and interview him um, on 97.1 The Fan before. Great individual. Great kid. I say kid. Great kid. Very. He's um, he's He's going. He's destined for great things no matter what the next step is for him, be it the NFL or whatever else it is. But they said he talked about the versatility of having Xavier Johnson, who's a wide receiver, who's a running back, who returns kicks, all of those things. And Day's quote was, he's a mismatch in a lot of different areas, and that's our job as coaches to put him in those situations. Yes, he is another weapon that the Buckeyes can deploy on opposing teams, and that's what I love about this Ohio State team—is how many different. Marvin Harris Jr. is on a different level, no doubt about it. Uh, You know, he's he is absolutely like the the top of it. But everyone else, you can you've got guys you can rely on that also do. Uh, great things with the football when they get it open in space so they get an opportunity. Xavier Johnson, one of those guys who's getting more and more confident as the season rolls on. Uh, they also talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. and the fact he should be the Heisman Trophy winner. He said that, you know, he 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 understands his bias, he gets to see him every day, but he said, look, he's the most outstanding player in the country. You can't really argue that. That is true. I don't know if Marvin Harrison Jr. will end up winning the Heisman Trophy, but he certainly to me, from what I've seen this year, is the best player in the country. Jim Knowles talked also and uh, by the way, Ohio State they outscored Michigan State 3 to nothing in the second half. It could have been more, but Ohio State that's put backups in and whatnot. But so far this year, Ohio State has outscored their opponents 158-48 to in the second half. Uh, they've only allowed more than seven points in the second half one time to Notre Dame, who had 14. Other than that, no one else has scored more than seven points in the second half against Ohio State. Last year, no one outscored Ohio State in the second half, except for Michigan, cheap. And uh, Georgia outscored them 18-13. to But Jim Knowles talked about the depth on defense. And a difference. It is, the difference is having a year plus in the system now. And uh, those are the keys to success with this team. And they've had the injuries we talked about just now, Latham Ransom, Proctor, Eichenberg, and even Michael Hall. And when guys go down, there's better depth behind them. Because they do rotate players in and out so much, and they do have um, such incredible talent everywhere on the defensive side of the ball, it makes it easier to absorb some of these injuries. Um, Sonny Styles. they talked about him how incredible he's been. And uh, both Day and Knowles, they praise Sonny Styles and uh, his size and versatility, how it gives him the edge against opposing offenses. He is going to be someone fun to watch next year as well, which could very well likely be his third and final year at Ohio State, where he goes on to greener pastures in the NFL. Uh, okay, recruiting. We'll talk about that a little bit. The uh, ESPN's updated the 2024 football recruiting uh, class uh, rankings. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Oregon 3, the Florida Gators at 4, Florida State at 5, and among other schools that are in there, uh, Penn State's 11th, Michigan 18th, USC, future Big Ten school 19th, Wisconsin 27, Nebraska 28, Purdue 30. And it could change a little bit depending on what happens to Jeremiah Smith. Jeremiah Smith is the five-star wide receiver who committed to Ohio State in December last year. And some scouting services have him as the number one overall prospect in the class of 2024. Um, and he recently took a trip to Florida State, Tallahassee, to, to watch the Florida State-Miami game this past weekend, in which the Seminoles won 27 to 20. And he uh, tweeted out something cryptic. It said, God's plan. And so we'll see if Jeremiah Smith flips or stays with Ohio State. Wouldn't surprise me if he flips. Um, but it's not. it'll hurt Ohio State. But Ohio State's got plenty of other wide receivers, five-star guys that are on the roster right now, and they're going to keep adding to that stable. So I always, I never get upset if a player flips because um, it probably means he wasn't right for Ohio State. Heartline will do a great job getting someone else in whenever somebody it happened with Dylan Rayola. Rayola decided to flip to Georgia. Fine, whatever. You know, it doesn't bother me when that happens uh, because I just I have confidence in Ohio State being able to coach and mold the players that come in. So Jeremiah Smith might be the best receiver, but Ohio State will have no problem. Marvin Harrison was not the best receiver in his class when Ohio State got him in there. You look at what he's been able to do through his own work ethic, but also from being coached up by Ohio State, body by Maradi, what they do with nutrition, strength and conditioning, all those kinds of things makes a big difference. Um, so we'll find out maybe from Jeremiah Smith, if he flips or not, we'll see on that one. Keep an eye there. But Ohio State currently still number two. And you look at, like say, Oregon's number three. That's another Big Ten school coming up in 2024. Florida State five who could end up jumping up, depending what happens with Smith. All right, we'll close out on this one. Um, on Tom Brady's uh, Let's Go podcast with him and uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray, uh, Brady made a bet with C.J. Stroud, former Buckeye quarterback, current Texan quarterback. And uh, it's on the Ohio State-Michigan game. You'll see athletes do this all the time. This was a funny one. Uh, the bet is if Ohio State beats Michigan this year, Stroud gets one of Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings. That was the bet. And that's what Brady would have to give up. Then Brady was asked what he would have to get or what Stroud would have to give up if Michigan wins. And here's Brady's quote. Uh, if Ohio State wins, which I really don't think, whatever, we're going to see. You get one of my Super Bowl rings. That's what he said to Stroud. And if michigan beats ohio state you have to give me all your youth your agility your time and the 40 yard dash and all your future years in the nfl how about that so that was the bet that was made in jest uh but i can't wait ohio state michigan week coming up here um by minnesota make sure you follow me on the x at it happens thanks for tuning in and again fanstreamsports.com Sports app free on app for apple and android users go to the facebook page as well but we'll be back again to talk after this ohio state women's game tonight Have a great day. Go Bucks.